Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Boom, the boys are back, and, you know, I was thinking to myself, Mitch Fortner always goes first for Blitz Month previews. Uh, You guys probably listened to that on Wednesday. If you haven't, go back and listen. I'm like, all right, we got the first Friday show, or maybe Thursday, Thursday or Friday show. Depends on when I publish the live show. You guys don't care about it. But I'm, like, thinking to myself, okay, for this first one, I need someone upbeat i need someone with some energy i need someone who's not afraid to go on the record early on because camp the first day of camp was today there hasn't even been an official training camp practice yet so i need someone with you know i need someone with swagger i need someone with gusto i need someone with confidence and when i was thinking about that i was like there's absolutely nobody so i was like all right i'm just gonna settle for someone who i like to talk to He used to be a live show celebrity before he went off and started his own K-State sports podcast. You might know him as the best looking of the three hosts of Cocaine Willie. He is a humble mail carrier, a great chef, and an awesome human being. His name is the good chef, Andre Napier, one of the original, one of the greatest boneheads of all time. Chef Andre Napier, welcome back to Bosco's Boys. Dude, that is a hell of an intro. Oh my god, I was not ready for that. That's got me tearing up a little bit. Your boy is, I'm not ready for that, but I'm super excited to be back on the Bosco's Boys. And I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna duck into the, one of those live shows eventually when I got the time. And you know, I gotta see all you pretty faces now that you're on Zoom. 
Oh, for sure. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll do it again. You're a busy man yourself. Um, I'm pumped about it. I'm pumped that the live shows are back every Wednesday on zoom. Now, this is the first time I'm saying it. I'm not sure I'm committing to a prediction extravaganza uh, because quite frankly, I've recorded some pretty long shows on zoom and it almost destroys the computer when it tries to export that. So I don't know if I could be exporting like a three hour long show this year. We'll see. Um, but you know, that that's where the, the folks started getting so much chef. You know, like I'm going to do my own show. My dad, big fan of yours on the live shows. But I will say uh, you are the only person who has ever caused me to edit a live show. I very rarely (laughs) edit things. Here's a behind the scenes Bosco's voice thing. I think over the history of the show, I think only four things have ever been said on the show that had to be edited out. Uh, Two of which were at the request of a guest who said something like, okay, look, please go back and take that out. And we, we, we have done that not information, but maybe they made a joke or a comment. They didn't want going out there. One of them was me trying to, it was just, it was just not very good. I I just, I I just tried to make some sort of, you know, grandiose statement and it was stupid. So we took that one out and then one is the chef, the good chef saying something on the live show. Uh, but that's okay. We don't care about that. I'm just happy to be talking cats with you again. Dude, I, it's, I, I sometimes slip up like that. And, you know, it's not my fault. I just get in the heat of the moment and you guys bring it out of me, really. It's not my fault. It's when we're talking cats and we're just being guys and you think we're in a closed locker room, but there is a mic recording. <laughs> it just happens to be there. And it, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. And anyone who is probably trying to come up with something in their head, I guarantee it's probably more tame than what you're thinking about. I just like to give you trouble. Um, but I'm I'm glad to be talking to you. Um, I'm pumped. This is your second appearance as a, a non-live show guest. You were part of the Bonehead Q&A series last year where I brought on Boneheads for the Q&A shows. Um, so you're back. I'm pumped about it. Before we get into it, I want to talk to the folks about Manhattan Brewing Company. I believe you checked it out the last time K-State beat the crap out of Mizzou. And I'm going to come out and say it. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Manhattan Brewing Company is the best brewery in the entire state of Kansas. They always have a ton of beers on tap. So it doesn't matter what your taste is. I guarantee your new favorite beer is on tap right now. They're distributing all throughout the state. So if your liquor store doesn't have it, be polite. I'm not telling you to cause a scene. I'm not telling you to take a bottle of Seacrum 7, bash it over the counter, and start waving around glass shards. Do not do that. But be polite. Say, hey, who makes your guys' craft beer orders? I would really love to see Manhattan Brewing Company in here. Townie Wheat would be a nice start. Just be polite, and I guarantee it's going to sell out, and they're going to thank you later. If you don't want to do that, just drive to Manhattan on a nice Saturday afternoon Get a couple pints and take some four-packs and crowlers to go uh, because we're running it back this season. We won a Big 12 last year. I'm still keeping Townie Wheat as the official tailgate beer of the season. So get yourself some Townie Wheat because football season, as as the time you guys are listening to it, less than a month away. Chef? Yes. I I mean, yeah, you you have to get to Manhattan Brewing Company. And if those liquor stores aren't providing it, 
like here in Ohio, being weird, snatch them by the collar, get in their face and say, please. And they'll probably do it. Well, I, I, you know, that would be fun if, if, you know, Ohio was the second state they distributed to just because of you. Um, (laughs) That that would would be be fun. I think it would be good. I mean, they have, if you go to a Whole Foods market, I mean, they've got beers from, you know, Colorado and Washington and all kinds of wonky places. So tell Manhattan Brewing Company to get to Whole Food markets. Let's do it. I love it. All right, let's get into it. I, I mentioned how great uh, the football season was last year. Combined with basketball, it might have been one of, if not the best, combined seasons in case athletic history. Now, I, I think 2012 was better, but, you know, anytime there's been a poll, 22-23 has won out. Um, I don't really want to talk about that season, really, but I have a question for you. Cocaine Willie launched during said season is it a coincidence or is that the secret reason as why that season was so great dude it's it's not a secret anymore you just brought it to light we are the reason why k-state is successful in athletics not gene taylor not chris Kleiman, not jerome tang none of those players or anything it is literally us no but no but seriously uh that was a hell of a season, man. You you can't really ask for much more because every element of the football season, we were the dark horse, but it still was a surprise to get that conference title finally grabbed. And in basketball, picked last. I mean, who really thought that we were going to be a tournament team? Maybe some of us thought we were going to be tournament teams, but an Elite Eight run? Beating Michigan State, the name brand, the Kentucky Wildcats, owning them again. I mean, that wasn't a surprise, but my God, what a season. You, It was not a lot of lows, uh, maybe one in football season, but just a lot of highs, man. And it was something that we could just ride all day, man. I'm, I'm always interested to ask this to folks who get into the podcasting game, which there's more and more every every year, and I, I love seeing it. The more, the merrier. Uh, I know it affected me and how I kind of went about watching games. Did it really change the way you watch games, knowing that you're going to have to, you know, be talking you know Mike about them, uh, you know, a few days later? Luckily, uh, no one expects anything from me. So, like, I could just kind of, you know, run off at the mouth and say exactly what's on my mind. But, you know, you got guys like Bob Trollsby and my boy Matt, fireball matt they they kind of like round the podcast together with you know bob's got the stats he kind of he lays it all out there for us and matt when basketball season he's kind of he knows x's and o's and all that stuff i'm kind of just like the hot take guy but so it hasn't really affected me all that much for the podcast i mean i've still get super emotional really tied up I mean, I'm paying more attention to actual position groups like offensive line, kind of, you know, actually watching them like to see because we have an All-American there, want to talk about him more and more. So I'm kind of not just ball watching anymore. I'm kind of watching the whole thing. And I don't know if I've ever watched more replays of a game between, you know, we record on Wednesdays. And I don't know if I've ever watch a game more between Sunday and Wednesday than I do while I'm podcasting. Yeah, that, that, that does play into it. I, I know uh, 
I don't always get a rewatch in before Sunday. Sometimes I go back and try to watch some of those, but but it does add a fun element. Um, let's move on beyond, you know, kind of podcasting quips back and forth. I'm going to ask you this because I, I think you are a great uh, kind of temperature taker of K-State Twitter, K-State message boards. I think you're online the appropriate amount for me to ask this question to you. What do you think is the one storyline or topic K-State fans aren't talking about enough through the offseason now in this buildup to football season? That's tough, man. I mean, K-State Twitter Army, really, I mean, they'll touch on every single thing that could possibly happen. They're they're just the same bloodthirsty devils that I am, and they're constantly talking. But, you know, you listen to podcasts. I know you're a 2X speed kind of guy, so you're, you're mowing through them. But nationally, K-State Twitter – I mean, it's it's talked about, but special team. We're known for special teams, and I think flipping the whole unit realistically is going to be either a positive or it's going to be a negative for this season. And I don't think people talk about it as much because you know we kind of take special teams for granted. And I'm a special teams guy. You know, I I watch. You know, I'm all about the gunners and all that stuff, but. The kickers this season, no one's talking about what Chris Tennant's going to be. Who's going to, uh, is Bloomer going to live up to it? We got Ryan Plattner, but you know, he's back, but everything else is going to be a little up in the air. And I don't think anybody's really talking about it. It's just not a, it's just not a sexy to- topic to talk about. I, I think that's a, a fun one to bring up because I, I think there is a element to that. You know, Chris Tennant is a junior. Uh, some of his struggles were very well documented at times last year. I think some of it maybe got a little bit exaggerated when you look at, you know, what an average college kicker is, but uh, Mr. Ty Zentner didn't do him uh, any favors deciding to come in and be perfect uh, from there on out. So that will be interesting. And and, and again, we don't know what's going to happen, especially at punter either, because, uh, you know, we we went from Devin Ankel right to Ty Zentner. So it's, uh, I mean, when's the last time we had a punter where you weren't thinking, all right, this guy could, you know, make a game-altering punt? I mean, it's it's been a while. It's been a long um, time. It, it's been a while. And and you you mentioned we, we, we got our superstar long, long snapper back, and we also got, uh, we got the Porter brothers, you know, who are going to go down and cause some havoc on punt and kickoff coverage. So, it's not completely flipped over, but it will be interesting to see what happens. Uh, do you have a preference on who would take over for uh, Mr. Malik Knowles on kickoff return? Do you want to just go Philly Brooks? Do you want to go with one of the Porters, uh, Treshawn think... Ward? Do, do, you know, see, Darrell uh, Johnson or uh, uh, not Johnson, uh, Coffeeville. Um, why am I blanking on his name? Coffeeville. Yeah, it, he he's he's like could have been like an Olympic level uh sprinter oh Goodness. my god i'm gonna freaking run my head through a wall <laughs> Darrell jones that's who it is out of coffee oh yeah, yeah 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 i yeah, am yeah. i hate myself i no, legitimately hate myself i even had the roster open uh, but like a guy like Darrell jones uh who, who do you want to see take over for malik Knowles on kickoff see philip brooks would kind of like immediately pop into your head as like he's that 
he's that guy that does punt returns. I mean, he's got to be creeping up the all-time list of punt returns. And you would think that he does it, but he was very underwhelming when he did kick returns a few times that I've seen him do it. Honestly, if he wasn't one of our bell cow running backs, I would want to see Trayshawn Ward. He would be, I think he would be electric back there doing it, but you can't risk that. So if it's up to me, I would love to see like, now hear me out. He played offense. He switched the defense. Give me, you know, give me Keenan Garber. He was supposed to be this speedster coming out of, uh, what was he out? Free state. And, you know, that guy could, if he gets the ball in his hands, maybe he's electric with it and he can get flying vertically, a wide receiver turn corner, looking for reps at, in his, is this his senior season? Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I think Jax would have been a senior. I, yes. I So he is listed. He, he'll be listed as a senior, uh, but he will have a COVID year still as well. Okay. So I think if it's me, hand to God, I want Keenan Garber. I think that would be fun. You know, that's a redemption story that you can add. And if it's anything like the Morgan Burns, you know, a guy that plays defense and it was kind of unheralded, get the ball in his hands and start returning them kicks. Yeah, I want Keenan. Give me Keenan. That that low key is like going to be one of the positions that I'm gonna like almost immediately look at when they release that first depth chart. So I I'm looking forward to that. All mm-hmm. right, uh, the the next one I want to talk about, and this isn't a fun one. Um, ironically enough, the underwhelming season of 2021, which really had a lot to do with poor Skyler just getting banged up the entire season. But every year except for 2021. Coach Kleiman has had a double-digit favorite home loss every single season. Now, last year, Tulane ended up being pretty fucking good. So, you know, <laughs> shit happens. Uh, but, I mean, what, four out of five years it happens? Uh, that's quite a bit. Is he going to be able to buck that trend? And, you know, some folks are predicting a perfect home record. Uh, that sure would do it. Um, are we going to avoid that kind of – very disappointing home loss this season. Now this would this would mean that I am delving deep into the Troy Trojans. Um, honestly, I know the headlines that surround Troy could be Houston as well. We're going to be a double digit favorite over Houston. Oh damn! Don't you see? I'm thinking Group of Five right now. Don't get me scared of like Houston. I'm I'm not scared of Houston. I'm oh, actually I'm, more. I'm way no. more scared of Troy than I am of Houston. Yes. Absolutely. And we're we're so, not going to lose to an FCS. I I if there's like one thing I'm never going to be worried about is playing an FCS team with Chris Kleiman. So I'm not worried about that. So yeah, no. I think it'll probably be Troy or Houston will be the two teams. Maybe even Iowa State late. I would think it depends on if they get their quarterback situation gambler um out of the way. Yeah, Hunter you know, Decker's was watching too much uncut gems, man. <laughs> you know it. 
for me, Troy scares me a little bit because, you know, the headlines and the, what is it? The, you know, just their reputation, even when they were under Neil Brown. But this kind of flips on its head because they're more of a defensive team, but they lost a lot. And I, I'm, I haven't done my deep dive into them. I'm looking, I'm not sure if uh, KSU underscore fan Jimmy Goheen has dropped his um, I think it predict- dropped this week, actually. Okay, so actually I need to read up on that because, you know, I go to him when it comes to a lot of, like, the out-of-conference and who, who we're playing. So that would be my worry. But I think with how it happened last year, getting in that knife fight with Tulane, I don't think Kleiman is going to let that happen. That is my hope. That is my wish that – we just get through that game unscathed, you know, healthy. And, you know, the next game is the big one for the out-of-conference game. So I've got to pre- – who did we lose to in 2019? I'm thinking of that. In West 19, Virginia. We- oh, yeah, they came back, didn't they, with Deggy. Oh, fuck, I hate that. Um. So, yeah, yeah, don't get me started on that game, but – yeah, I don't think I think Troy is our probably our toughest one out of maybe Iowa State. We don't play West Virginia this year, thank God. That would have been another one. We would have been double digits. Maybe. Do you think I would have been willing you, to risk it, Chef? I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I would have. I would have rather risked possibly playing another double digit dog. Uh, at home, if we could have gotten rid of like UCF, I think UCF is going to be. That's only going to be like a four point five point game. You think so? Yeah, you're, it's, it's you're not going to be that, double digit. I can tell you that I think, it's not going to be double digit. I don't think they're coming into that game unscathed. I think they're going to have a loss. Who, who are they losing to in their non-con? They have a non-con game versus. Damn it! You're going to have to look this up for me. I'm mobile. Yeah, no, uh, hold on. I'll, I'll get it here in a second. I so think, are you I are you not a UCF believer? I am a UCF believer, but I think I'm not going to drink the gold and black Kool Aid like heavy. Like people are saying, nine and three. Are you okay. sick? Okay, so they 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 have Kent State at home, at Boise State, and then Villanova the at home. One. So so you're so you're you're going all in on the. Uh, I think Boise the Broncos, State Buck and Broncos. I think Broncos are going to get them. I think the Broncos are going to get That's going to be a good game. Week two, dude. Week it's two of salty. college football is so good. <laughs> I, I'm. I we better we better kick the crap out of Troy. So uh, me and shout out to my dad. So we can leave a little early and catch you know the back end of those uh, you know the we second half to. of the uh, two thirty games and watch all the night games. Week two. You got, might be the best week of all of college football. What is it? I know. I think it was on your uh, on your dream road trip. Is it LSU Florida State that week too? Uh, I think that's week, week one. one. I think I think that Oregon, is Oregon week... and Texas Tech. That's the one I think yes. is week two. Yeah, that that's going to be a big one. Um, and then, oh, man, like Iowa Iowa State is uh, week two. <laughs> El Asico. Uh, the Uncut Gems Bowl. Uh, what are some other like gambling movies? Because I was dealing with some gambling drama themselves, so it's not just are literally. 
Yeah, it's it's all of them. So on that Friday night, you got Illinois at KU. See if KU Ooh. can keep things going. <laughs> Nebraska going to Colorado, future Big Twelve member Colorado. You got Purdue at Virginia Tech, also at eleven a.m. Utah at Baylor, Notre Dame at NC State. Oh, uh, man, that's another eleven a.m. game. Uh, two thirty. That's the Iowa Iowa State. Two thirty. Texas A and M at Miami. Miami. Uh, Ole Miss going to Tulane. Does Lane Kiffin get caught partying too much? Oh man, the big easy. I, I he needs to take it easy. You got Appalachian State going to North Carolina. That's going to be a scary one at four fifteen all time Central God's time zone. Uh, what do we got at night? Cincinnati at Pitt on the CW. Texas at <laughs> Alabama on ESPN. Oh, Oregon oh, at Texas, Texas Alabama. Tech. UCF Boise State. So much good <laughs> stuff. It just oh, keeps on going. God. Arizona, yes. Mississippi State, another possible future conference team. Wisconsin, Washington State. I don't think that's going to be any good, but that's a Power 5 non-con. Auburn at Cal, that's going to be a bloodbath. Oklahoma State, Arizona State, Stanford at USC for maybe the last time ever. Oh, my gosh. Week two, baby. I know we're not talking realignment, but Arizona going to the Big 12 would absolutely be my second team outside. I don't don't really own Cincinnati anymore because their uniforms are garbage. But Arizona is just that. I mean, they're a hot-looking team. I love arizona i i am a if there if there was a team that i picked outside of k-state it would be arizona they are just that's just a hot team to me i know they're probably stinky hot garbage but i love arizona as a school i think arizona might be the most attractive state in the union Mm -hmm. you were talking about just like human beings i think yes because you got to balance out Florida because Florida has Florida man and yeah. you know they got those swamp people, but Arizona is, I mean, yeah. California has talking... a bunch of dirty hippies. Yeah, I I think you might be onto something. I mean, I'm man. just throwing that out there, not not to bonk myself. But speaking of bonking, if you want to look your hottest, you need to go to charliehustle.com and get some of the best looking, most comfortable and most stylish, officially licensed K-State gear. Not only are they going to be dropping a brand new line of designs, they're also going to be having some awesome NIL shirts as well. So if you want to give back to your favorite K-State athletes, buy their shirt at Charlie Hustle. Not only do they have all sorts of great K-State stuff, I'm currently wearing something from their Arrowhead collection. So if you like that team that plays in Kansas City on Sundays, they have you covered there as well. Not only do they have sports stuff, but they have the iconic Kansas City Heart t-shirts and all sorts of awesome Kansas City icon shirts as well. Vintage made fresh and make yourself look hotter. Check out charliehustle.com. We'll be having a giveaway every single month from now until March, maybe April as well. You do look hot in that shirt. Thank you very much. Uh, I almost just took my shirt off for you uh, for this show, but I decided to keep it on. All right. um, So again, I I was kind of joking up top uh, because I do believe in you. I I believe in you having the moxie and the know-how and the ability to go on the record early on with these predictions 
Uh, only Mitch Fortner has gone before you. You haven't even heard anything he's said. Um, so we're going to dive into it. Um, and this is your first month being a Blitz Month participant outside of the Extravaganza live shows. So mm-hmm. I hope you're prepared and I hope you do well. I've got the nuts to do it. And I wish somebody would step to me about my predictions because I'm ready. I will fight. There we go. All right. Uh, everyone, I, I would imagine if I left this open, uh, open-ended, almost everyone would pick Will Howard. We'll talk about him in a second. But Will Howard excluded who is going to be the offensive MVP this season. Me and you are like-minded. I know that you you gave credence to Cooper Beebe being Big 12 Player of the Year. And not only – if you go back and listen to our – you know, when we had the, the extravaganza with all the boneheads and all our predictions and stuff, I said Cooper Beebe was going to be our offensive MVP. That might have been two years ago, might have been last year, who knows. But I did say it. But this year, the man, I remember texting you asking questions about who's the best tight end in Kansas State history. And I remember you texting me back and saying, probably Ben Sennett, dude. And that's who I'm going with this, this year as our MVP. The connection between the quarterback and a receiving tight end who is a mismatch in the red zone, middle of the field. And I think we're going to get real creative with him this year. I'm going Ben Sennett as our offensive MVP, you know, spreading them out. We've got, we're going to have capable wide receivers, offensive line giving Will Howard so much time for Ben Sennett to run different routes, body up corners, body up safeties, burn pass linebackers. Ben Sennett, baby. That's my guy. I think that's 34 to- is a dirty number, too. Yeah, I I actually like that. I I kind of miss traditional numbers, uh, but thirty four is better than like wearing a single digit. I I don't like pass catchers wearing single digits, uh, but I'll I'll Ooh, kind that's of a stop. hot take. Yeah, and and I'm not gonna like that college basketball is going the route of the NBA and letting any number be worn. I don't like that either. So um, that's very old man of me, uh, but I think Ben Sennett's going to be a popular pick, and it is exciting to kind of have that guy, especially you know with the full on, like you know Gronk arm brace thing going on. Um, that's so it, hot. It's it. it he, I mean, his aesthetic. I, I had a question. I think it was from Ace Edwards of the Aggieville Alley Cats. He's like, which K State player has like the best aesthetic? And I think I went back to like he said like all time, and I think I went with Cartier Jada. But I think there's something about a tight end wearing like, you know, on one arm, you got the turf tape on one elbow, you know, wrist braces, big old gloves, an arm brace and, you know, not a full blown knee brace, but something going on there. Just like mm. catching passes, dunking on people like I think Ben Sennett, he he looks like a t- like if I'm making a creative player in NCAA 25 for a tight end, I'm I'm making him look just like Ben Sennett. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, you have to. I mean, Gronk laid it out with the arm brace. I like how he, that Ben Sennett uses like the kind of like hyper extended elbow brace, not that big, you know, covered up one. I think that's really a good look. So when I think of aesthetic players, you know who I think of? Cornelius Lucas. That dude was absolute. I mean, he's huge. He's just like, he's the perfect left tackle, in my opinion. You know, wasn't like silly with like the, not no offense to Cooper Beebe, but like the, with the rubber elbow sleeves and stuff like that. He wasn't into that. It was just, you know, little wrist tape, glove, and he had the, the speed helmet. God, man, that was a good looking player, dude. I think KT also looks good for a tackle as well. Like with the hair coming out a little bit. Yeah. Him transforming his body really helped his aesthetic. And he wears just a mustache, which is, you know, that is just a wild look. Yeah. And you can see it. I I, I love it. And and you got to give credit to, you know, Coach Kleiman for recruiting guys, but Coach True, body by true, uh, the aesthetic and just how these dudes look when Mm. they're coming out for warmups. Oh, it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, Let's move on to defense though. I'm leaving this completely open-ended. Go wherever you want. Who's going to be? Oh, no, no, no. Let's talk Will Howard first. Almost got carried away. I want everyone to talk about Will Howard because, um, again, anyone who's listened to the show, uh, at least starting in 2020, everyone knows that I I was uh, hopeful for Will Howard after that Texas Tech game. Uh, But by the end of the 2020 season, I, I did not have high hopes for Will Howard. After the 2021 season, even lower hopes for Will Howard. Um, but he comes in and he leads us to a Big 12 championship. He had a run of games where we have almost never seen as a passing quarterback at K-State. Now the narrative of Will Howard has completely changed. Um, so I, I want everyone to be able to have the chance to talk about Will. Um, kind of walk me through your journey and how you viewed Will as a quarterback and what is he going to be able to achieve this season? You know, I listened to the Aggieville Alley Cats. You you brought them up earlier, and they said that they were kind of the only guys that were behind Will Howard through and through. And I can honestly say that I've never said anything negative about Will Howard. I also think they're just trying to give themselves that credit because there were plenty of people who never jumped off Will Howard bandwagon. I love those guys. I think they're trying to give themselves a little bit too much credit there, but continue. But they deserve a lot of credit, and you they're know, they're great. I, they're my favorite K State podcast. No offense to you, no offense to myself. The Aggieville Alley Cats are great. Oh, they're great, and I I am also in that train of Will Howard was my guy ever since we recruited him. You know, he was in that same recruiting class as Hunter Deckers, and Hunter Deckers we we wanted him, but you know he chose Iowa State to you know go gamble his life away, and we ended up with Will Howard and I was always behind him for that. I thought he was going to, I honestly saw it after that TCU game, he was going to be our mobile, you know, read option guy. You know, he was going to be the mobile guy, but he's transformed his game and him being actually stepping up as a leader. I knew it from the day one when he went in front of the media as a true freshman, 17 year old, constantly getting berated about his play and he never shied away from it. I knew we had something special then. And Will Howard is the man now. 
and it's it's awesome to see that he's had this story arc that you, you honestly wouldn't believe if somebody wrote it in a script and gave it to you. It it is beautiful to see, and I think this season is going to be you know his piece de resistance, and he's going to put K State and God. Let's not talk about what you said that he could be the greatest quarterback at K State history and. No, I, I don't think I, I don't think I said I, I said that he if he had a big season three. he could find himself in the top three. Yeah. I just want to put a little words That's, in your mouth, well, but you know. <laughs> well, I mean, not everyone listens to every show, so I'm like, you know, I'm not trying to you know lead folks astray. And, and here's the thing: if he l- l- let me say this, he could he could yeah. have that argument if he is a Heisman finalist and we win back to back Big Twelve championships. If he does that and has the sat lines that would be needed for something like that, then, okay, we, we could have that conversation. Um, but but I think if he, you know, gets you back to Arlington, he's definitely going to have a shot to be considered top three. And now you have to remember, we're in the same age demographic. We I was eight years old when Michael Bishop was doing his thing. I Those were my formative years as getting really introduced into football. So Michael Bishop is always going to be my goat. But there's a 10-year-old right now that's watching Will Howard do his thing. And if if all the things that you just laid out where he's a Heisman finalist, you got to put up relatively decent numbers because Caleb Williams is doing crazy shit out in California. To even be mentioned in, those, in that breath of finalists and a back-to-back two-time Big 12 champion, there's a 10-year-old that will undoubtedly say that Will Howard is the best quarterback to ever play at K-State, and you couldn't argue with him. So Will Howard is writing a story that not too many, and I got goosebumps thinking about it. This this is wild to think about, and I'm so excited for Will. I I don't know what the numbers he needs to be, like, all-time uh, pass uh, touchdown passes and all that stuff, but it's not out the realm of possibility that it could be done. So, but because uh, Michael Bishop and B- because Colin Klein both were top three Heisman finishers, Michael Bishop number two, Colin Klein number three, could you see a route that he could pass either one of them if he isn't a Heisman? Let, let's even say top ten Heisman vote getter because that's what's published. Um, because Deuce Vaughn got votes, he was on the Heisman list, but because he wasn't top 10, that no longer gets published anything beyond mm-hmm. 10. So does he have to finish top 10 in Heisman voting to have a conversation uh, to be considered on that same plane as Michael Bishop and Colin Klein? Or, hey, it, it, would it be enough it, to just get this team into back-to-back Big 12 championship games? See, this is the thing. Like, we have to do, we have to – distinguish what do we care about as K-State fans? Because if we're going to take care of our own, like, does it matter if Will Howard is a top? Because he's... Oh, I I think if you're you're talking, like, greatest of all time, accolades have to count for something. And I know I kind of get in arguments with folks talking about Ring of Honor, talking about the greatest, Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, jerseys going up in Bramlage. And folks, I think... uh, come to me and say, I care too much about accolades and that type of stuff. But you, you, if, if unbiased outside parties are not saying, Hey, this is one of the best when you've had some of the best of all time, 
I, I, I think that's a very easy kind of barrier to entry when you're having some of these conversations. I think accolades have to count for something. Yeah, it's true. But I think we're still getting to know Colin Klein as a play caller and what his potential could be for players under his development. So as from what we know with Coach Kleiman, his system doesn't really lead uh, players to have these gaudy numbers where national people are going to recognize him as this thing. But in our system, as our, you know, our collective of K-State fans, we know our players, we know what they mean to a team and all this stuff. So if Will Howard is doing things like back-to-back Big 12 champions, when's the last time that that has ever happened at K-State? I don't know. Uh, the Missouri Valley Intercollegiate Athletic exactly. Conference, coached by Micah Hearn. <laughs> so I think 20s. a guy. I think Will Howard doing things like that for Kansas State University, not necessarily individual accolades, can put him in a stratosphere that hasn't been, that's never happened in modern football. So I think those can be. Can they be balanced out with individual accolades like throwing 40 touchdowns and to five interceptions and getting on that Heisman podium? I don't know if it's like it's up to the individual person. So if he puts up a good season, 25 touchdowns, keeps his interceptions pretty low, leads us and is the leader in the face of our university, I don't see there's no reason why we can't have him top three leapfrogging Colin Klein now that now you're talking our this is our generation we we were adults watching and he put up gaudy numbers he's ring of honor Michael Bishop's ring of honor if he's two-time if Will Howard is two-time Big 12 champion and he has relatively good numbers it's going to be hard to argue with a kid in his you know 18 years old that he Will Howard is not the greatest so for us, I think that ship has sailed. Who's the greatest and all that stuff. But we're going to have to get to remember that there's other people of other generations. So Will Howard, I could listen to an argument being the greatest. If hypothetically he does exactly what we think he needs to do as a winner and individually, statistically. I hope 10 years from now, uh, as I'm 40 arguing with randos on Twitter, I hope I'm arguing with like a 25-year-old 10 years from now arguing Colin Klein versus Will Howard because uh, that would mean this is a big year. So uh, yeah, I, ho- I hope that happens 10 years from now. All right, let's get to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, who's going to be the defensive MVP this year? Man, the defensive MVP. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say – it's probably actually it's not that big of a limb. I'm going to say it's Khalid Du. And I think if you think about him as a defensive player that before Felix Anudike Uzama, he was the man. He was the man keeping a first-round draft pick off of the field. He was the man. He was the prototypical defensive end that we thought we were going to get rushing the passer physical freak playing a position that you know is the money maker of the defense getting to the quarterback he his knee was injured took him a while to get back they switched positions and i think that 
made him grow as a player, where he's seen different parts of the field and what it takes to help the defense at a certain position. They switch him back. Khalid Duke is he is a pass rushing specialist, but in this 3-3-5, I think he's grown to see that he needs to do more in run support. And I think he is going to be the anchor on that defensive line because you've got, I mean, basically Brendan Mott is one of the leading path, uh, sack, sack leaders coming back into the Big 12 on the opposite end. And with a, the guys behind him in Austin Moore and Daniel Green and Des, Desmond Purnell or Jake Clifton, whoever, he's going to be able to help them. And if he is putting up numbers that are similar, maybe not as much, but similar to Felix, I think that could be the key to this defense. And that's why I would give him the MVP. And I, I think in in the madness of the season, I, I don't think people forget, but it's just something to note that in the one game he played on the edge closest to his traditional role the most, he got three sacks versus Texas Tech. Yeah, so, absolutely. I, I, I agree with you. I think that's going to be a massive year for Khalid Duke. All right, who's going to be the breakout player of the season on offense? It can either be a newcomer or someone who's younger, a guy who's never been – who has yet to be a starter for K-State. Now, this is only based on aesthetics, name, and, you know, recruiting that we – poured into the guy i'm gonna go will lee you know a guy that we have a lot to replace on those edges at that corner echo boydell was a big time big time player local guy i think another local guy is going to step in and jacob Parrish is going to play that role but with you with uh julius brent's exiting second round draft pick to his hometown indianapolis colts we need that longer corner that can play man, that can get up in you. And Will Lee was that guy we brought in. He's also, what is he, 6'3"? I don't know if he's 6'4 yet or, like, with the hair, all that stuff. But, my God, if he could get his hands on somebody and the blanket? Really? We're gonna, we got the nickname The Blanket? And I like it. I personally I love it. Dude, I love that shit. I love it. Lay that on me. Pour that blanket on me, baby. He's he, Willie could be that difference maker out on the edge, replacing Julius Brinson man coverage. And could I mean we, we saw little glimpses of him in his JUCOs, I think it was the JUCO championship game. We saw glimpses, and he got an Alabama offer right after that. So you know the guy can play some ball. We just got to see him on the field do it. I want Will Lee to be my breakout player. Right, if, if if you had to pick one true freshman to make an impact this season, who are you going to put your chips on? Oh, my God. True freshman? Dude, that's so hard to pick. I I know I was prepared. I knew this question was coming. <laughs> I just, honestly, oh my god, I don't know, dude. Because we're so people talk about this K State team like we lost so much, but we're deep as shit. We are a deep team. It's gonna be hard for a freshman to come in and impact the game. Who's gonna burn their red shirt? Maybe a safety, maybe a, a 
don't know, dude. Austin Romaine has got the most buzz right now, but that linebacker core is so deep. So I'm going to cop out. I'm just going to say Avery Johnson. I know I I beat around it, but Avery Johnson, the pinnacle of Kansas recruiting, this 2023 class, I think it's 2023. Yeah, 2023 class was built around him. He's going to get playing time. There's no way he doesn't play. Will he play more than four games? I don't know, but could he help us? I think he could. He could be that spark, but I'm I'm just going to have – because I don't see really any other area where a a freshman is going to come in and wreak havoc. Sheedy? OBIZOR? Maybe? I don't know, dude. It's hard to tell. I'm going to go Avery then. Put me on the record for Avery. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. On the record for Avery. All right, here's my favorite question to ask every Blitz Month. What's going to be the pendulum game of the year? What's the game that could swing this from a great season to a bad season, depending on if you win or lose? <laughs> I think I think going into the season, you look at you break it down into sections, and I think you look at the schedule, the first five games very winnable the last like three games very winnable that middle section that last five i think it's yeah the middle five man that's tough dude it's tough to i mean and so i think going into that five game stretch with houston smack dab in the middle of it i want texas tech being my pendulum game because we could be five and oh at that point, and Texas Tech, with what they're receiving, they're receiving that dark horse treatment that K-State got last year. We have to win that game in Lubbock. Last time we were in Lubbock, what happened? You know, we needed that safety from damn Felix and Udike Uzama to get us over the hump. They're getting dark horse love. We have to win that game. We have to. Do it. We could be 5-0 and going into with a Texas Tech win being 6-0, and or we could you know, you're scared of UCF. You know, Missouri, we're on the road. Troy's still in there somewhere. So, yeah, I, I, not, after last season, there's no non con game that can ever be the pendulum game. So, like, no. I, I would have cut you off if you tried to say Missouri. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't think Missouri is a pendulum because, you know, I don't because think they're nothing matters. The, the non con, right. again, like I want to win all three non-con games, but they don't matter. It is all about mm-hmm. getting back to Arlington. And yes, you want to win those games. It makes things a lot more fun when you have a nice low number next to your name, but it doesn't matter. We could go 0-3 in the non-con and it would not affect the ultimate goal. You would feel some type of way though. Don't oh, I lie. would melt down. <laughs> I would melt down really hard. But if we then re- reared off, you know, you know, five straight games and we're five and three with uh, what four to go, I'm going to be thinking to myself, okay, like win, win two or three of the final four, and we're going back to Arlington. 
Right. Like, I'd get so, over it pretty quick. And I think it's you're going to even feel that even more going into this new Big 12 and then, you know, the 12 game, the 12 team expanded playoff because right now why we feel so strongly about the non-con is because you, you still have playoff aspirations. I mean, everybody does. No, I, everybody... I, Jeff, I, 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 I truly could not give less of a shit about the playoff. Really? I, I, I could not give less of a shit about the college football playoff. The college football playoff is the single worst thing to happen to college football uh, ever. I, I, I really, I, it, <laughs> it does nothing for me. It, it takes up like 80% of the oxygen the entire season. Uh, yeah. Nothing matters. Rivalry games don't matter. Uh, nothing matters to the, to the college football tastemakers, to the national folks talking about things, even the regional folks talking about things. Like the, the second Missouri loses three games, all their fans stop giving a shit because, you know, they don't have any rivalry games. They have nothing else to play for. College football, I mean, if you can get to 10 wins, if you can win your conference, if you can go unbeated, undefeated against your rivals, win your stupid rivalry trophies, that's what college football is about. It's yeah. not like it, – it, I, I could not care less about the college football playoff. Now, if we had if we, if we we had a team that I, I truthfully thought could compete with, you know, a Georgia and LSU and actually, like, win it, I might think differently. Like, I might. But, like – it, it it has completely destroyed how anyone talks about college football. I, I hate think you could, I think you could think that, but not why care about what other people think about the game because because I, I consume think, so much of it. I don't I, I don't want to hear about who's gonna finish fourth. I want to hear about you know who's gonna win, who, who's gonna be playing in the ACC championship game. I want to hear about oh the Floyd of Rosedale. This is this week. Let's tell the funny story about how you know these weirdos were fighting over an actual pig. You know, right. I, I want I want to talk about college football, not making it more like the NFL. I so, agree. So that's why I, I could not care less. Like if K State were to make the playoff this year, it would be awesome. I would I would probably be trying to go to the playoff game. Like I I yes, it, it would be fun. But right now, it's it's not. And I'm just a fan. Like the team can think whatever yeah. they want. I don't care about it. My only goal for this team for as a fan is to get back to Arlington to win the Big Twelve championship. I agree. I think you can have it both ways, Scott. I think you can eat. No, I you, can, you can no. You can, you can, because I no, think... the, the, the second I start seeing people bitch about where our ranking is in the college football playoff ranking, I am <laughs> going to lose it. You got it all wrong, man. You got it all wrong because it, it does take away from individual games. Like, like you said, if a team loses three games, then they kind of like stop caring because national championships is what people really write home about. That's that's the main that, goal. That that's only started happening in college football, like in the last ten years. Like th- th- that is not what college football has ever been about until like absolutely recently, which is uh, funny because it's like oh, it's been dominated by two people, you know. No, but, but that one hundred percent has changed. Like yes, things would have been awesome in ninety eight, 
if we would have won the national championship, but more people still talk about, you know, beating Nebraska that year than Absolutely. not winning the national title. You know, in 2012, people st- talk about, oh, hey, we, we won the Big 12 at home, not losing out a chance to play Notre Dame. Like, you know, they, they talk about 94 because, oh, hey, there were four teams in the Big 8 in the top 10. Uh, you know, that that's, I mean, the, the, the whole hyper about, you know, national championships has only come on the last 10 years. And I think it all has to do with Twitter and all this bullshit no, I, on Twitter. Social media does drive it. But that's why I'm saying, like, you can have both. In my opinion, you can have both. You can live the dream of playing national championships or playing for having these high expectations and high aspirations. That's why the 12-team playoff, that's what I was saying, the 12-team playoff makes these non-con games more important to us because we want, we can reach those, we can reach those 12-team playoffs and we're talking about national championships more, especially if we're winning these non-con games. Now, like you were saying, does it take away from the rivalries? Not in our bubble. We don't need that outside noise. We got each other. We could be talk. We could talk to Blue but in the I, face. I, or- I still want to when, when I'm watching when when I'm listening to you know the solid verbal when I'm listening to all these different college football podcasts. I want to hear about the the stupid weird rivalries between right. uh, random teams in the ACC. Not oh you know if North Carolina you know beats you know Duke and then there's some other weird strength of schedule stuff. They have a great shot of being a ten seed. <laughs> Fuck that. No, I want to hear about how they've played Wake Forest a hundred times. And back in 1912, some actual deacon had his favorite prayer book stolen from his horse and carriage from some UNC, you know, freshmen. That's the type of like, I want that sort of history. Not, oh, if you go back to 1952, this would have been the 12 team playoff. No, I I agree. That, I, that's I, why. I, I want college football to stay college football, and not become NFL light, and I think it's too far away. So it's it's gone because you know all all the things that you mentioned. I think there's too many talking heads. There's not enough fans. There's not enough you know just people sitting down talking ball. I think we need guys like the Cocaine Willie podcast just talking shit about you know what what we're gonna be facing in that week's opponent yeah Bosco's and i'm gonna firebomb all three of you when the first time i hear you guys talk about the college football playoff rankings so never you'll never hear that on our show well and th- I th- know- that's false because you know what i say all this type of stuff but if we're eight and oh and we're behind a two loss <laughs> utah team in the college football playoff i'm gonna turn into the biggest hypocrite in the world and start you know going after everyone so i yeah. i know that's a lie because i know myself if we were eight and oh and i felt we were disrespected i'd be raging so i know that's not true because i know i would be a hypocrite if that happened we have we have to keep it real and i know you will and it's okay to back out when things are going great and when things are going bad. I don't expect you to be talking about the playoff. I want you to be talking about Farmageddon being played in 18, 1877 during the Civil War. I mean, I don't know. I want all that talk. And I know you're going to provide it. The Bosco's boys always do. Well, I love it. We, we went completely off uh, the road, but we have three more things we need to go on the record for. What is K-State's record going to be this year? With bowl game? Uh sure. Okay. I'm gonna go eleven and three. 
Okay, so 11-3, and three, that brings Arlington into play. Do we make it to Arlington again? Yes. Who are we playing? Oklahoma. Are we wearing white or purple? White. Do we beat Oklahoma in the final ever meeting between old Big 8 rivals? Yes. All right, back-to-back, and I assume we're losing in the uh, Sugar Bowl to uh, Alabama again. Yeah, we don't make the we don't make the four-team playoff. Although, the, no, the Sugar Bowl's a playoff this year, so it would be like Fiesta Bowl maybe. That would be fun. That'd it be wouldn't have fun. to be versus Alabama. It could be yes. versus uh, be Utah. Fun. Fuck Utah. Yeah. So I, I think I think what happens in this season, I think Oklahoma absolutely got gifted a schedule. And from the gods, I think they're going to run it, uh, maybe lose to Texas, but Texas melts. It's I'm still up in the air about what happens with that Texas game because, you know, Dylan Gabriel is an absolute stud, and he, he, he torched us, and we just happened to be better that day. I think Dylan Gabriel is the truth. But, you know, I think they go either undefeated all the way to the Big 12 championship game or one loss and we, we play them and we we take it. We take it from them. We rip their hearts out again. I love it. That, I can't wait, dude. That would, three vibes. That would be like my dream scenario. And then the final question. Uh, and when I wrote this, Colorado was not uh, in the mm. conference, but they are now. So of the five new schools, we'll include Colorado, who is going to be the first to make it to Arlington? Colorado, Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, or Brigham Young? I'm going to go Brigham Young. I think they have an untapped, you know, I I don't think they're full. What is the word I'm looking for? You know, they just have so much history and that they can – they feel the most maybe Houston. They feel the most Big Twelve to me. I feel like they're going to be able to fit right in and compete as soon as Texas and Oklahoma leave. I feel like they're going to be able to compete on they have an excellent coach. They're, you know, they're usually full, chock full of grown Polynesian men. So that excites me. So I, I think that BYU would be my pick that could come you said go make it there or win it the first one to make it to Arlington I think I think I think BYU would be the first one I think they have what it takes especially because half of the conference has to travel out to them very very far vice versa they have to travel to other places very far but I think they have a home environment that is good to make sure that their home schedules are very winnable. And, you know, if they catch the right breaks, I think they're going to be more talented than a lot of, a lot of teams. Well, there we go. Your blitz month appearance is in the books. We went on a couple tangents, but that's what I love about this show. Chef, tell your fellow boneheads where to find you, plug anything for cocaine, Willie, and then tell them anything you'd like. Yeah, absolutely. Man, this has been an honor and a privilege. I love I love coming on here talking with you. I love it just all the conversations that we have. But you can find me on Twitter at Chef Andre Napier. You can find me on Instagram, Chef Andre Napier. I'm I'm you know, I'm still getting used to that. But the the Cocaine Willie podcast, 
We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on. We're probably on. We're on YouTube. You can see my face there. We're clocking it like seven views right now. So, but it's not. We're just a fan podcast. We're here to enthrall the people and talk actual ball. We're not going to talk college football playoff and all that bullshit. So, if you want to hear real talk about K State and the Big Twelve, come check out the Cocaine Willie podcast. Well, Chef, I don't think that there could have been a better guest to end week number one of Blitz Month. Uh, I have no idea who's going to be on next week, but you guys know we're going to have more folks, anyone who's talking about K-State, to get ready for the season, get their predictions on the line. We'll be going live every Wednesday on Zoom. Find the link on the Bosco's Boys Twitter account if you want to join us. Uh, That's all we have. Chef, I kept you longer than I said I was going to. It happens all the time. Sorry about that. Apologize to your wife and kids. Uh, you know, it happens. So for the good chef, Andre Napier, and all of the cokeheads that listen to Cocaine Willie, for my dog, Chauncey Bosco, the best boy in the world, we love you guys, and go cats. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel it coming on for Kansas State. The feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you wanna be with Kansas State. Come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Podcast Network.